Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts to your word. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love and mercy for us and for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Freedom. Freedom is a concept in the United States that is strong. It has resonated in our hearts, in our souls, in our psyche. Those from other countries who are preparing to immigrate to the United States think a great deal also about freedom. It is at the heart and center of our identity as Americans. In the beginning, that freedom was very much a freedom of religion. It was largely groups of people who would come from other places in the world where they did not feel the freedom to live out their faith and practice their faith. And so they came to America so that they would have a freedom to express and live and enjoy their faith. In many parts of the world, even today, that freedom does not exist. But the fact of the matter is, the concept of freedom in our culture has begun to shift fairly dramatically. It is now often thought of freedom to do what I want. Freedom to be, is to be completely unrestricted in any way. And of course, that freedom is an illusion. It's an illusion because it always bumps up against other people's freedom. And so we restrict one another's freedom by the expression of our own. And often that creates clashes. One of the parts of our history as America uh, that has uh, uh, boggled my mind a bit is that phrase, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm just not exactly sure what the pursuit of happiness really means. I'm also pretty sure that many people think pursuing something will bring them happiness only to find out once they've gotten there that it does not. Yet it is not a freedom I would ever give up. But there's another part. It comes in our Pledge of Allegiance. And that is with liberty and justice for all. See, I love the way that phrase combines an understanding that we have our freedom, but it's not a freedom to bring injustice to others. It's a freedom that is restricted for justice for others. Now, you, this may surprise you, but uh, 4th of July, that is Independence Day, is not in the church lectionary. Did, did you know that? Yeah, it, it, it's not there at all. And so I do want us to think about elements of freedom that are based in our faith, that are based in the Scripture. 
What does the scripture say about freedom? And, and how does the scripture sort of define that freedom by its purpose? And how is it that freedom, if you go back to the uh, freedom in the sand, how is it that that freedom is easily lost, easily washed away? Very often our freedoms can become our bondage. Especially as we think about this in Scripture, we realize that very often when we sin, we become slaves to sin. We create habits in our lives that are very difficult to get free from. And sometimes, even if the Scripture is clear that that habit is something we should not do, we cannot seem to change it. So we try to argue with Scripture, and we kind of say, it's good. We say it's good because we want to keep doing it. But in fact, we know the truth that the Scripture has said, not a good idea. So I want you to recognize that living out our freedom, hanging on to our freedom, is often quite difficult. Just a few days ago on Memorial Day, we acknowledged the lives of those who have sacrificed themselves for our freedom and for our country. It won't be a few, um, many more months before we come to Veterans Day, and again, we recognize that freedom is often bought at a very, very high price. Now, I say that patriotically. I say that in terms of our freedom as a nation and as a people. But it's also true in our faith that the freedom that we have is not just based on God being tolerant with us. It's not just based on God saying, oh, that's okay, or whatever you want to do is okay with me. Rather, our freedom as Christians is rooted in the fact that Jesus gave his life to pay the penalty for our sins and brokenness so that we might be set free. Let us remember the high price of freedom. Amos today elevated that idea. Uh, Marilyn, who was uh, pre preparing to read this morning, uh, made a comment like, ooh, ah, that's a, that's a tough text. Uh, the, the text is essentially saying God is rejecting his people. And he's certainly rejecting their worship. And it's because they're not staying true to him. And it's because they're living in ways that bring injustice to others. And so it ends with this great verse. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. And this is the idea. The idea is that God is righteous and good. And he comes to we who are neither righteous nor good, and he makes us righteous and good through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which then empowers us to bring that righteousness and goodness and the hope of it to a broken unjust world. Let me say that in a different way. The goodness of God 
is given to his people to create goodness in the world. Or to say it in a very scary Lutheran way, to do good works. Not to earn the grace of God, but to respond to the grace of God that has made us righteous and good. And so we hear these words in Acts. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing might come from the Lord. To, to, to be removed from our brokenness and sin through the goodness of God and then to be refreshed, living in the freedom that is ours in Christ. As, as uh, Luther would say, no longer in bondage to sin. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, Galatians says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That is, it's not freedom so that we can be led back into bondage by our own desires and wants, but a freedom that is then able to be lived out as God would encourage us to live in justice and peace with one another. It's not really in my text, but I've been just so bothered in the last half decade or maybe even a little bit more than that by the the conflict and the the willingness to be adversarial that exists in our culture and in recent days i've seen a couple of my friends on social media say if you don't agree with me on this topic unfriend me I don't want you to be my friend in social media unless you agree with me on this. And I'm thinking, how often do we dismiss rather than bring love and respect and mercy even to those with whom we disagree? John 8:36 says, So if the Son sets you free you will be free indeed. This is the gospel writer writing so that we might have faith saying to us, if you don't feel free, if you're experiencing the bondage of your own desires, the bondage of your life, I want you to understand something. Even if you don't feel it, God is making it true. Your sins are forgiven. I'm I'm really trying to speak to those of you who may live with some shame or some guilt. And I'm asking you to understand the truth of the gospel of Jesus, that God loves you and forgives you, so that you can then go on to love and forgive others in his name. We talk about this as we move through Easter and then into Pentecost because we also hear these words in Scripture. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I really grew up as an athlete 
trying to keep up with my little brothers. I think I was playing t-ball at four, played competitive sports all the way through high school. And there was a word that was uh, just sunk into my soul that I've been striving for the last 30 plus years, 40 plus years uh, to get free from. And that word is striving. You know, in, in, uh, in, the, in the sports that I played, my coaches always encouraged me to try harder. Stretch farther, which, by the way, doesn't work if you know anything about stretching. If you overstretch, it does the opposite of what you intended to do. And so I was trying harder. Trying harder is not a Christian concept. Some of you may find that hard to believe because you've tried harder to maintain your devotions. You've tried harder to uh, share your faith. You've, you've tried harder to be loving to a neighbor. But what I want to say to you is the success of living that faith out is the freedom that comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit as we put our trust in God to do that work in us so that he can do that work through us. Experiencing the peace and presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is what allows us the courage and the strength to respond to others rather than to react to them with rejection because of their disagreement. We are called to love one another. We are called by Scripture, 1 Peter says, to live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. The, the, the whole theme of being the church is, is a call to be reminded that God has called us together for a purpose and that purpose is to receive the blessing of God so that we can share that blessing with the world around us. And that won't happen if we don't live in the blessing. If we don't experience the love and peace and mercy and grace of God so that we can live that and speak that to the world around us, who, by the way, will not believe it until they see it in our lives. Most of you know that Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world. Amen? You know that phrase? Yes? Amen. Amen. There you go. Now we're talking. And, 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 and so the confusion comes when we hear Jesus say, I am the light of the world. And then in this case, Matthew, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Well, which is it? Is it Jesus or is it you? And the answer is yes, because it is Jesus shining in and through you. Take that calling seriously to both live in his light and to be light to our world. And please, brothers and sisters in Christ, don't buy into this culture of argument don't buy into this culture of dismissal. 
and of excommunication that seems to be so strong. Instead, find a way to respond to the people around you with love and grace and truth. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the world. Amos is not wrong. It does matter what we do. It doesn't matter what we do in terms of how God will forgive us through Christ, but it matters what we do because the world needs the truth and the world needs the love and grace of God. And so our question is, how do we live so that we are salt and light in the world? What do we say so that we are salt and light in the world. And as I alluded to last week, with what tone do we speak of the love of Christ so that others might truly experience the embrace of the God who loved us and who loves them? God bless America. God bless his church and his people that we might be conduits of the freedom in Christ to the world. Amen.